Fuck. All right, we're live. Once again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I did capture it. I heard it. God damn it. Put, God, put, your, put your headphone on. This. God damn it. Let's talk. I'm not ready. Mike, no. Let's talk I about it. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the first official episode of Unlicensed and Unhinged. Uh, I'm Jeremy Granite, and my co host is. Uh, one of my best friends and somebody I love a lot. And I'd like him to introduce himself. I'm Mike Gaddy. Um, our origin story is pretty unique and interesting and hilarious at times. That is true. Addition <laughs> to the two of us, which you'll hear a lot, we have a, a guest speaker and we're just going to call her Sadie. And everybody who knows us knows her. And uh, Sadie, why don't you just give a little intro about who you are. Uh, hey guys, I'm Sadie. I'm good friends with Mike and Jeremy. I know them through other mutual friends that I met a while back. Uh, I got luckily invited to be here today. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for being our basically our first guest. You know, we, we set this up with no intent, no fucking ability, no no real guiding path. And we tried to I wanted to set up the full set so I could get one guest and so we could do a first episode that included a guest because that's going to be the nature of this beast. But we tried to reach out to everybody that we knew that might be interested in it and Sadie was just the first one. We were fishing a little bit, fishing a little bit today yeah. to get some support. So yeah, thank, you. Yeah. thank you. I appreciate you, Sadie. And you're also one of the first people to give us feedback on the uh, crash course the trial run uh, episodes <laughs> that we landed last yeah. week, you know. So I, I do really appreciate that, and uh, welcome to welcome to the show, Sadie. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So we're going to start the show off by talking about a little bit of backstory because backstory is important for y'all to develop a relationship with us during this this broadcast, and it's going to be critical later on for y'all to understand the relationships in our group of friends, and especially between me and Mike Gaddy. So I'm going to start it off by saying. I met my first Gaddy late 2019 while I was in a trade school for HVAC and refrigeration. And it's a little bit of a boring situation, but I met Mike's younger brother, Ben. Ben Jammin. At, at that time. You know, and at the, I, had a, I had a cannabis business at that time. I was just getting out of the army and I had a lot of things going on for me. So it was, you know, pretty unique to find a family from a situation that I was initially believing was a casual friendship, right? But that's how it went. So me and Ben became close in class. Ben saw it right away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of a little bit of a clown. The, well, like, the way he yeah. told me about you was like, it was like this friendship was meant to be me and Jeremy, you and Jeremy, not me yeah. and Jeremy. Even though you know Jeremy loves Ben, and that obviously. No, yeah, I, would, I mean. Ben, ben is my first gaddy, and he'll always have a place in my heart. That's a good point. The first <laughs> you know, gaddy, yeah. Jeremy's first gaddy. My first gaddy. But I've, I've come to love everyone in that family, and there's a lot of reasons for that. So me and Ben being in class together, we caught a vibe, and, and I sold him some cannabis because that's what I was doing at that time. Checks out. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, started, we started to hang out a little bit here and there, and then he told me, you know, it's my brother's birthday party at the compound. the compound. And I'm like, what is the fucking compound? <laughs> He's interested. Like, in hey, hold on, hold on. Compound? Did he, use, like, did he say comp? Yes, he did. Nice. Yes, he did. Nice. Yeah. So. That's how we all reference uh, the, the Gaddy house is the Gaddy compound. The so compound. he brings me through and I, meet, I met his entire family that night. And, it and was, I'll chime in here because the, the one thing that he unified us with was a crate. He's all, I don't know if you remember the black crate that you yeah, had, he, yeah. he, you gave it to him. It was just like, this is a black crate, like a, like a warehouse crate or a milk jug crate that folded into itself. Yeah. And it was nifty. And Jeremy and I are both into like nifty, useful gadgets. I had, I had at least a two fifths hard penis. The first time I saw that crate. <laughs> For the crate? Yeah. Before well, was I your, oh, cause it was your, yeah. Cause it was your crate. So it was Jeremy's crate. He gave it to Ben and Ben brought it home and was like, Mike, this thing's sick. You'll, you'll love this. You and Jeremy like all the same shit. I should, um, can I invite him to your birthday party? And I was like, yeah, sure. I didn't know you yet. Yeah. Came over. I was a little skeptical. So, I was a little skeptical. This is where I'm going to pass the story on because from my perspective, I went over to my new homeboy's house and I met his whole family that night. 
But I met Mike Gaddy, and in that night, I didn't know it at the time, but what I did was I forged a lifelong, not just a friendship, like we created family beyond blood in that night, and it has just built since then. So Mike, I'm gonna give you the floor at this time, and I'm gonna let you talk about what your perspective was meeting the fucking <laughs> Jeremy Granite. Meeting this demigod? <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me, but I, I say it a say lot. It. I so. say it. Um, yeah, I mean, just like Jeremy, I'm always paying attention to everything. I have very good situational awareness. And when he came over for the first time, you know, we're in Nevada. We're at our property. We have our guns on our sides, and there's a new person that comes around. And I had my gun on my side, but I didn't know who he was or how he would react to that. So I shook his hand, and then I went into the shop. Um, it's a cool compound for those of you listening if you haven't seen it. Hopefully you will someday. It truly is. It's dope. So anyways, um, I, I saw that he noticed it on my side, and I didn't know at the time his background or who he was. If I was a California was, liberal or If he was a liberal, what his, what his view would be. <laughs> so I put my pistol away. I hid it. I, put it. I took it off my side, put it in my toolbox, and I came back out. And he did a double take later on after we're having a conversation. Just, you know, when you get to know somebody, you talk about where you're from, who you are, what you're about, whatever. And he didn't say anything, but I noticed him notice that I didn't have it. And I'm like, okay, this guy's paying attention. And I'm sure anybody who else is paying attention, that means Jeremy, notices that this guy's fucking paying attention all the time. So we end up having a good time. Uh, one of my other military friends, um, Chris, remember Nunez? He was there. Yeah, yeah. Another brother of mine. I got to go see him soon. Um, they hit it off right away. And for me, I, I, I felt great to be able to introduce two people that could relate in that sense because I can't relate to the stories that Jeremy has from that aspect of his life. But we did hit it off right away. Obviously, he saw that I was into music. We had DJs there for my party. I think it was a conjoined party with Sunny. I don't know if you know Sunny and Coco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met Sunny a couple times. Sunny and Coco. Love them. Um, so I think her birthday is the same. Yeah, May 6th, same as mine. So we had a conjoined birthday. It was a great time. Um, and I guess the rest is history. I don't know. Yeah, it certainly is because that night, not only did me and Mike form a bromance, that exists super so brilliant. heavy to this day. It's not even funny. You know, like, it is truly one of the greatest bromances I've ever seen. But I also connected with both his mother and his father that night. And for them, it was good to see, like, a slightly older guy that was retired from the military, that was running a bunch of business operations, and that was doing some big things. About four yeah. years older than me, right? Yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. I, don't, I like to keep my age a mystery because it's like, <laughs> I just like, I'm over 35 and I'm under 40. We're, we're in the pocket, you know? Okay. We don't even talk in the pocket. It. We don't even talk about it. But at that night, like, his family, from what I was told after the fact, were like, you keep him. Yeah, my dad told me later on, and there's a, I don't think there's really anybody else that he said this about. He said, keep that guy around. That's a good guy. Yeah. And he, he didn't know everything about you yet, as, 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 as much as we've known each other now after... And that's a conversation for another time, but it's because I talked to people, and I dug right into him. And I, I, seen, I seen the pain, I seen the love mm -hmm. for his family, and we connected right off the bat on that. So let's fast forward through that. We kept a, we kept a strong friendship, and we did a lot of things together. But within about a year of that date, two of our very close friends, friends we'll call them dale and dina in case you know you know who they are you know who they are and if you don't just just understand the moral of this story is the following they had a major incident in their life that took them out of work and they were dealing with a lot of shit and uh mike gaddy had just started dipping my toe into his circle of friends in an establishment that we'll call dr just for just for confidentiality purposes and, you know, like, he had introduced me to a lot of those people, and it was hit or miss at the beginning. And there's stories in there that we could talk about, like the early days of them getting to know Jeremy. It was a little, it was a little weird. There. Jeremy's <laughs> one of those friends, and a lot of people have them, where you have to warn your other friends about them when you bring them into the circle. And I definitely had a few conversations with the big players in my life of who I was bringing around. Because, um, I mean, it kind of started in, in the music. I've always been into music. I went to art school. So when I came back to Reno, which is where I was born, um, I came back to Reno, and my other friend, Billy, introduced me to this nightclub down the street from the one we're referencing, and I was hooked. Like, I went, I, they had a drum set with DJs, and, like, I'm a drummer. That's my first art. Um, I'll say that. 
and I got to know these people because of my passion for music, and we we reciprocated that. So for a few years, I got to know all this group of friends, circle my tribe, I'll call them. Um, and when I Jeremy, think that's a great way to put it. It's, yeah, it's my tribe, dude. I love all these people. Um, so for you know for a long time, so for a few years, I, I was already building a relationship with a circle of friends downtown in Reno, and and when I introduced Jeremy, it was like you know I was like, hey. This guy, oh, what we're getting to it was, I did security, we're getting with yeah. Dina and Dale. Yeah, so um, I needed help with security for an, an outside event. And I was like, there's only one guy that I have helped me on security that I can do. Other than, you know, my brothers, obviously, I'm, me and my brothers would die for each other. But same with Jeremy. And with the skill set that he has and the experience that he has, I was asked to do security at a larger festival did that come before we did security at dr or after i think we were doing security at DR after way, and then way okay before. yeah that's how it yeah. happened so we yeah. were doing security at dr and they needed security for a, a, a festival yeah. and so they asked me because i was already doing security at dr through related people yeah and they were like well we need more people do you have anybody else and i'm like there's only one guy sometimes <laughs> sometimes you got to be the fucking guy yeah. you know and, and that could be the worst case scenario, that could be the best case scenario. But the reality is this, like Mike Gaddy and the Gaddy family in general, they're, they're as tight as they get. You know what I mean? For all the problems they've had throughout their, their childhoods and growing up together. And I say growing up together because the parents are growing up the same time the kids were. You know what I mean? Just yeah. in a different way, on a different, on a different metric. And I say that because I'm intimately familiar with both, with both, of his parents, you know, like we're, we all get along and they basically adopted me. I go to, I'm invited to all of their holiday events and everything like that. So yep. it's a beautiful connection and I really do appreciate it. What did we say last time? Jeremy is the, he won the best, the Gaddy. Yeah, no, I am, I am, I am the best Gaddy. Even if I'm an unofficial Gaddy, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner and then got like woman of the year. Oh, like I'm the Gaddy of the year. <laughs> yeah, he's not a Gaddy. He's the, woman, the woman of the year is not a woman, and the Gaddy of the year is not actually a Gaddy, but yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's but, part yeah. of the family. So that being said, it was like when we started doing security together initially, there was a little bit of there was a little bit of concern about this fucking raw, angry. No filter having motherfucker that came out of the army, right? But when we went to that, when we went to that festival, the Great Awakening. Yeah, well, we well, all shout became. Him, shout we, him out. We all became family. Yeah, that, that was we a all great became experience family on that weekend. And there was a lot of naysayers at the beginning of that, and there was a lot of conversations about how it was going to fail. Yeah. But as far as like the first festival coming out of COVID. That was just initiated on a fucking empty lot in the mm -hmm. middle of a mini playa. Yeah. Outside of like, outside of what? It's not quite Susanville. What was the name of that town uh, out there? Do we want to give it up? Yeah, Doyle. 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 Yeah. 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 So we it's were a cool spot. Here, we we're just out here vibing, and that's when we finally connected and became part of the whole family, right? Shortly after that, the Dale and Dina thing happened, and I believe when Mike took that security job, the head of security in, in replacement of our two friends, it was very quick that Mike realized like he was going to need some help and some backup that he could trust. Mm -hmm. And that's when he came to me and he was really authentically like, there's no one else I'm going to do this with. Then, yeah. you, you know? Yeah. And I felt like I was asking a lot, you know, to take time out of your day to come help at a spot that some people wouldn't recognize as an honorable place to be. Like, I love what people do in my circle, at least, you know, your nightclub owners kind of can be a nightclub owner and me yeah, and me sure, and my friend sure. who's a nightclub owner, we talk shit to each other. Cause I used to be a car salesman. He's all, you're just a piece of shit car salesman. I'm like, well, you're just a piece of shit nightclub owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, <laughs> and that's true, but we're yeah, really yeah. both like the best grid hearted people out there. And what I love about him is the way he brings people together and including Jeremy. Cause a lot of people would, would, see a, a jeremy coming along and be like get the fuck out of here let's Jesus go we no uh, no no <laughs> ego task? But i was surprisingly ego i was surprised that, that a lot of my uh, tribe was so accepting of you of, uh, and, and it makes sense yeah but you know if the vibe fits it ships that's what i always say like it, if you can get along with a group of people based on just the who you are then it's really truly like a thing that's meant to be and we should all embrace that so let's just fast forward all of that. That's our origin story. That's yep. how we became close. So DR and the lifestyle of DR. Me and Mike quickly found ourselves having day jobs Monday through Friday. Right. 
and then working in this nightclub, this venue, that was just unforgivingly <laughs> about music and party. Mm-hmm. We'd sometimes, we would work 25 hours straight through an event into the next day. And that's where we met Sadie. So Sadie, I'm yeah. going to give you, I'm going to give you the floor at this time. Like you, you met us way back then and you're, you're, you're caught up now on maybe the details you did or did not know about us. But from your perspective, what was it like when you first met uh, Mike Gaddy and myself, Jeremy Granite? Um, well, I didn't meet you guys until maybe a few weeks after I'd started working at DR because um, I was still like an inexperienced bartender. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was working weekday shifts, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, yeah. like when we still had the only like weird yeah, setup yeah. going on. There wasn't really security at that no, time. No, there wasn't. Not <laughs> <Yeah>. at all. <laughs> and... Um, I met you guys for the first time on like one of my weekend shifts, and it was oh, it was chaotic. I just remember that um, <laughs> just coming into that weekend shift for the first time, the whole thing was just chaos. I don't honestly remember much about our first interactions because yeah. there was so much yeah. other stuff going. It's kind on. of a blur because sure, I remember sure. you being yeah. there as a bartender, and then I remember coming to like know you, but I was like, yeah. I don't remember the first day. No, so, like, I don't it, all of it was such days. a it was, it was chaos, such a like you said. Yeah. Time, yeah, yeah, I agree with the I agree with that because like. Everybody that I met in the, in the pursuit of working at DR, like, I don't have a start date for my memories with them. We yeah. just kind of evolved mm-hmm. into, yep. like, a little fucking hood rat family, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and it's beautiful, though. It really is. Like, truly, when I look back on those times, even though I was doing so much, like, I was doing so much more than I would want to say I should be doing. You know, the hours, the fucking partying, the that night style life, the drugs, mm-hmm. the chaos, yep. the dragging people out of the bar by their earlobes. <laughs> literally. Oh, I definitely, That's literally I definitely happened. remember catching a few glimpses of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was a beautiful time. And the, and the relationships and the friendships that I developed in that time were just all so really amazing. You know, like I really appreciate that development into this friendship circle because Mike Gaddy came into this friendship circle as an outsider, right? Mm. You know, like, and he secured his position. And then I, me and him became friends, and he brought me in similarly, you know what I mean? Like, as an outsider. And so I think it's so beautiful. One thing that, that um, connected me with everyone in, in this group of friends was um, I'm, my original art is a drummer. I've been drumming since sixth grade. I went to an art school. Um, in sixth grade, when I was at a regular middle school, the art school teacher realized that I had a natural talent. Um, in fact, sure the fuck do. I do. I'm a kick-ass yeah, drummer, yeah. and I'm, I'm proud to say oh, it now. He's a banger. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> sick drummer, and I used to be super, like, shy and, like, to say that. But now, like, I'll tell somebody, like, when people ask, like, are you a drummer? You're like, yeah, I'm a fucking good, really good drummer. Put a drum set in front of me. I'll, I'll kill it. He'll um, fuck that drum. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that drum so good and hard. <laughs> um, and, and one thing about that is, like, because I'm so passionate about it, and it's, music is a big thing to me, like, I feel like a lot of the relationships and stuff that have come into my life are through music. But um, what I was getting at is that drumming since sixth grade, I was natural at it. The teacher told my mom, hey, you should get him into this art school. And, and a lot of our friendship circle not just revolves around music, but also art. And um, so um, somebody heard me drum. I won't get into details because we'll keep it, keep yeah, it flowing. We'll, we'll but somebody heard me out. drum and, then, and was like, that, that was you drumming? Like, yeah, yeah, come, come. And the club was closing. Like, you should come hang out with us. And so I did. And, and the one thing that I noticed about all these people was like when I was in high school and then after high school and I toured and recorded in a couple studios in L.A. And I'm passionate about music. Like, obviously, we wish we could make money with our art. But, like, I'll still keep doing it no matter what just because of that. And I feel like that energy and that connection I felt with the people in this circle here right off the bat. Because, like, the best relationships that I have in my past are the people that I've been in music with. And the best experiences I've had on the road and stuff like that have been all, all revolved around music. So anyways, I was invited to hang out with them one night after a wild night, after a bender, <laughs> because I was drumming at like three in the morning, four in the morning after a bender club. Bender nights. A bender night. Bender nights. We all know about those. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good old benders. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was, uh, there, there was a, a club that had a DJ, that had DJs, and there was a, one group that had a drummer with that DJ group, 
And at the end of the show, he was breaking down his drum set, and I'm in the back, and my best Why friend. Let me get on it. Yeah, well, well, no, actually, like, I'll tell you how how it progressed. Like, some people like that see a drum set and they're like, "Oh, can I play your drum set? Can I play your drum set?" Like, you know, they're not a drummer, but this guy, he was breaking his kit down in the back, and I was like, "Dude, your tom sounds sick. I love the tone of your tom." And then he knew. He's like, he oh, you're, oh, you're a drummer. Because, like, who says that? Who says, I love the tone of your tom? Um, and he was like, you want to hit it? And I'm like, yeah. So I go to hit it. And he's like, yeah, he's so, so he, starts setting, he starts setting it up again backstage, right? And there's, like, a professional nice, sound nice, crew. Nice. I don't know if you ever heard of Boys in the Pit or um, – What's the name of the other guy? Are I, these went Reno groups that were shouting out? It's a Reno group, yeah. Because we should shout Actually, out I don't know. They, they might out. be from California somewhere. But, but I'm just saying, shout them out. If you're for sure. I don't remember their names. Um, there's Well, fuck you then. <laughs> Boys in the Pit was a group of people that are that are like videographers that, that film um, DJs and nightclub events. So anyways, the drummer had his kit. He was breaking it down. And... I asked him if I could hit his, his floor tom. He's like, fuck yeah. He started hit, he started putting a set back together. It was like 3, 4 in the morning. Club's trying to close down. And he put his whole kit back together so that me and him could play together back and forth. So we started in the DJ world. You call it B2B, right? But yeah. we, we started hitting a beat, and then he would hop on and hit his beat. And then a third guy that we didn't know started hopping in. So there was three talented drummers back there going at it, right, back and forth. So the boys in the pit and their film crew started recording us. And then it's like this whole scene backstage and then finally the owner comes out comes out is like dude i'm trying to close close down you guys need to get the fuck out of here <laughs> and i'm like okay sorry sorry so like, like my the, bad i got lost yeah i got i got caught I got up lost <laughs> in the art. i got I lost, lost in the, in the art. art yeah so then they're so then they start breaking it back down they're like dude you should come back to the, the hotel with us the this dj group was from out of town they're like yeah come back to the hotel come hang out with us i'm like all right cool i just gotta go to the bathroom first so i go up to the front to go to the bathroom and the same guy who was just yelling at me to get the fuck out of there he's all you want to come hang out with us and i'm like yeah, fuck yeah. So I go to hang out with us. And, a matter of fact. And that's a wrap. Like, I I'll, do. Yep. <laughs> you guys probably know who I'm referencing. Yep, yeah. 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 So, as this podcast We've grows, all been invited by him for the right. after parties. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for the after parties, yeah. yeah. We've all been invited by him for some egregious shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. There's been some invitations. There's been some invitations that I, we all wish he could take back. And some of them that were the perfect thing at the perfect time. And we we got nothing but love for that person. Yeah. So this is yeah. me. This is nothing before I knew Jeremy, yeah. and then my relationship with these this group of people in my tribe, I keep calling them, started to progress. And then once yeah. I met Jeremy, like me and him connected on a whole another level. And I was like, dude, I got to introduce this guy to these people. But it was like, wait a minute, Jeremy's that guy that you got to warn your friends about before you introduce him. <laughs> I, I truly am. I, like I truly am, and it's not even like it's intentional. It's not even like I'm an edge lord. I'm not trying to be extreme or crazy. At any point of a conversation, but the reality is, like, my threshold for regular life is so much different than so many other people mm -hmm. because I came out of a background of going to other people's countries and killing them. You know, like, mm -hmm. it's not a great place to start if you want to be a social creature, and I've always been one. Mm -hmm. So I look back on all the things I've done and all the perspectives that I've gained from that, and most guys in my background, they're like, socially crippled you know yeah but i kind of just throw it out in everybody's fucking face exactly who the fuck i am you know like i'm not an asshole i'm not a douchebag but if you're complaining about your hard day one of the things i say all the time is at least we're not getting shot nobody's at. shooting at us <laughs> <laughs> so i take i take these these terms that he has a with a, with a, a not just a four-year military background but what 14 yeah 14 14 year yeah. military background with some pretty crazy stories like not your average like so i take some of the things that he says and like i think i was yeah i was at a grocery store <laughs> and some guy was pissed that it was taking hell long to, to, for the line to go down and, and this was like two guys behind me and the guy behind me was being as patient as i was and i looked at the guy behind me and looked at the other guy and i was like at least nobody's shooting at us <laughs> And we and we both looked at that guy and he's it, like, it changes everything. It's like, yeah, dude, you're being fucking a bitch because we because yeah, we can't because it's taking because too grandma, long to scan the bread. Like, get over it. Because grandma's got sixteen loaves of bread. Your dad's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. I'm sorry, softy. I'm sorry, softy. <laughs> yeah. Can we just fucking chill for one second? You know, like that's why if I ever win the lottery and I ever have hundreds of millions of dollars, I just want to like get shipping containers and fill them full of like, tigers and bears mm. and just drop them off in cities because life, life, <laughs> life is too easy dude life is too easy we don't got anything to be scared of like everybody's so fucking mad 
Yeah. About getting cut off in traffic. Yeah. Fight off a grizzly bear. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe, okay. Joe called me. Joe understand. called me earlier today, and we were talking about something along those lines. And I was like, dude, yeah, like nowadays we don't have people don't have predators that are chasing them, trying to kill them anymore. So they create problems to try to like have for a reason to live. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. You know, hundred percent. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a little deviation, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask uh, a, a question to our guest, Sadie. Oh, right? All right. So, Sadie, from what I know about you, uh, your art forms that I have witnessed, right? Mm. And feel free to add anything to this, but I've seen that you DJ. Yep. I've seen that you do a lot of horse activities. Yes. <laughs> She's an unhinged horse girl. Yes, there you go. She's not to say that. Unhinged horse girl. I love that because, like, I don't know a lot about like dressage and all the competitions that go on. Yeah. Like, I know I'm that guy. Like, I know a lot of things. Yeah. And a little bit about all of those things, Mm -hmm. but I don't know shit about that. So. And there's and and there's different genres with horse girls, right? Oh, genres. Remember, did you meet? Remember, you met met my coworkers that were also horse girls, but they're from a different genre. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, different discipline or whatever you want to call it. So it's a a genre. That being said, (laughs) that being said, Sadie, take the sage. Sorry, I misspoke. Goddamn. <laughs> that was an accident. That's hella funny. No, that's hella funny. All right, take the stage and talk to us about your equine experiences and what you do as an art form with that, and also DJing. Like, I wanted to hear from you about how you do your art, what art that you love, and I think those two things are just a highlight of my understanding of you, so go. Yeah, so um, I actually moved to Reno to train horses professionally. Um, That was at the end of 2017. That's what brought me out here in the first place. Um, And that's what I was doing professionally up until 2020. Maybe early 2021. After she met us degenerates. I honestly no, don't no, know. So, it was actually, so I met you guys um, after that, maybe about... Yeah, 21 is when I think we probably all met. We all started yeah. really hanging out. Yeah. yeah, so I quit writing in about April 2021. And, uh, and then I ended up meeting you guys later on in the year. Yeah. Um, but I did uh, Hunter Jumper, which is a discipline where like you show jump and then jumpers is like how fast you go over the jumps. Are we talking about like those traditional, because I like to paint a picture for people. Yeah. Are we talking about those little fence things? Yep, mm-hmm. yep, the fence things. Okay, yep. yeah, right, and then cool. hunters is like, um, the jumps aren't always as high, but um, you're being judged on like how nice the horse jumps and that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. rather than like a time rather than being timed for it. I understand, I understand. Are there, are there times in those kind of competitions like where you're well-trained, you know what you're doing, and then your horse is just being a cunt? <laughs> yes, yes. So actually, that's part of what I did. A lot of what we did was training. I, right, I just sent you, a, training I sent you a video not long ago of a horse that was like, guy was pulling the horse, and the horse was like, wait a minute, I'm oh, stronger than you. you. Yeah, <laughs> and it just takes off. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I've been dragged, dragged through a field. Like, I'm a like I'm a real-life cowgirl. That's I'm a real-life cowgirl. Dude, that statement out of <laughs> context. <laughs> The mental, the mental image I get from that is so fucking funny. Yeah, I didn't imagine a horse. I imagined a serial killer. (laughs) I might. I think I might have more concussions than a football player. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Even, even, even if I've cracked my head a couple times. I grew up. I grew up. I grew up. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Sorry. I grew up in a very rural area, right? So a lot of my, a lot of my upbringing was centered around farm life you know so i'm not a stranger to a horse i can i can blanket and saddle a horse i can i can take it off and brush them and and treat the horse right how you want to you know because you can ride them hard but you shouldn't put them away wet which is a good (laughs) yeah which is i've heard that whole thing my whole life growing up which is a good it's a it's not just go ride them hard but never put them away wet yeah yeah that's a good philosophy wow it is. It really is. It really is. It's just life in general. Got it's it. A good Got rule. it. It's a good rule. I'm taking a mental it's note. A good rule of <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that being said, like I have an experience with with uh, farm animals, let's just say, in a more traditional sense of like what a business is that's modeled around 
like you got cattle and you've mm-hmm. got horses and it's the, they're tools to make money you know and that's my relationship with all animals and that's something we can get into later yeah you know with like my friends with all their pets yeah I, I don't understand it yeah like, logically yep. the way i grew up the way i but, treat my dog sometimes jeremy's like what the fuck dude <laughs> like look that is not get a, a job yeah get a fucking job right <laughs> and, and, and i yell at animals <laughs> i yell at animals that are acting i'm bad. all like give me kisses <laughs> give me <laughs> I, love, I love you. When I see animals acting bad, whether it's somebody's dog or whether it's like their horse and they're acting bad, I'm like, get a fucking job. How, you, are you going to pay for some of this fucking food? Like, what are you doing, you little fucking cunt? Like, you don't get to just act how the fuck you want. I don't let my hammer act however the fuck my hammer wants to act. You fucking tool. You don't let your <laughs> hammer jump the fence and chase coyotes around? No, fuck that. <laughs> so, so that being said, like I understand the relationship between people and their animals uh, uh, from the lens of these animals are our tools. This is how we get our business done. You know? And like the way I grew up, I had plenty of time on horseback, plenty of time of taking care of horses on the like on the not the necessarily the riding and user end as much as I do know that, but more like the you got to feed them, mm-hmm. you got to keep them clean, you got to keep them warm and safe and happy when winter comes. Yeah, lots of hay and lots of hay, lots of hay. That's a, yeah, that's a big you know? thing out here in Nevada, and I see a lot of properties with horses that have like a tiny ass little pen and they're yeah, just all no, nappy. Yeah, they don't no, walk it is. Them. It's so like, terrible. Either they got to run free or you got to ride them every week. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yep. Like either they're like multiple fucking, days a yeah, week. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Either they're a fucking wild horse or you got to take them around the property. Yeah. You got to take them out, get them out there and you got to get them fucking accustomed to being a, a beast of burden. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we all beasts of burden in our own way. <laughs> you know, like all the things we do in our life yeah. for money. They're doing it. They're <laughs> just true. doing it for food. Mm-hmm. Which is a funny thing to say. That statement like, struck up a memory of mine, and I, and I won't say who it's from, but at somebody's house that I went to help move some shit, and one of their religious pieces on the wall said, "Bear each other's burdens." And for the homies and in the right situation, obviously, yes. But, like, you have to look out for yourself, you know? And, like, you have to take care of yourself for other people. Like, one of Jim Rohn's famous quotes, which is almost all of them because he's so, gen- so genius yeah, and he's, he's so motivational. Soul. He's, like, yeah. the orig- one of the originals. But, anyways, Jim Rohn says, I'll take care of me for you if you'll please take care of you for me. And that's so true, right? Yeah. Well, I and mean, we should all be looking at everything in life. But you can even, even take that quote and you can roll that right back into what we're already talking about. When it comes to animals of burden, right. horses, right? Mm-hmm. And Sadie, I'm sure from your perspective, like you don't probably look at these animals as much as a tool as I do. You probably look at them like a part of your family or like a part of your, you know, like you're more connected than emotionally than I can understand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I almost look at them as more of like... um like my kids in a classroom because of the way we are training them like as a professional um you know they don't belong to us and we do have to develop that like emotional bond and connection to be able to like understand how they think because they are so intelligent they're all individuals right they are they are and um you have to be able to understand them to understand what it's going to work best for them in the training situation and as well as their clients like you know, if they have some amateur lady that's in her some late forties, yeah, rich bitch that just wants just, a horse that's yeah. going to be good and go win, you have to train the horse for that. But yeah, if you have yeah. someone who's more competitive, more on like a riding level that we're at, then you can train the horse to be a little bit more fine tuned, a little bit less like dead to like their senses. Not yeah, like yeah, yeah. not like we're not wow. training them to like not care, but we're training them to like comply, teach, comply. To, that's yeah, crazy, yeah, that sometimes their owners are going to fuck up and they well, have to I mean, be ignore that. So than the they have to ignore right? that and own, like know their job. Yeah. I suppose the difference would be like this. Like if you're a rancher and you broke a horse and you rode it for the last 10 years and that's your ranch horse, right? Yeah. That's a part of your family and it knows its job, but it's also an individual. Yeah. But if I was going to train a horse to take 58 kids a day yeah. on horseback riding. You have to teach them for <laughs> something a little different. bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's different. Yeah, that's absolutely. A different, that's a different scale. <laughs> and, and, they, and the horse also has to love their job doing that because yeah. if they don't, then they're never going to fucking and, do it for and, you. And for those of you who don't know, a horse that doesn't want to be doing what you're trying to have it do. It's going to let you know. That's a real cunt. That's the biggest let you cunt. Know. That's yeah. the biggest cunt you can deal with. Like you don't want, even, even the best horses, 
I found in my limited experience, like when you when you come around the bend and the fucking barn is in sight and they know they're about to shed your fat ass off of their back. <laughs> this beeline. The most well-disciplined horse becomes a real fucking bitch. Dude. Yep. Like they just stop listening. They just do whatever the fuck they want, and you're just along for the ride. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're so much bigger than you. Yeah. Like, if, if they don't want to be doing what they're doing, like, you will What's find crazy out is, like, very horse, horses could end all of the human-horse relationships by just understanding that they're bigger and stronger than us. Yeah. But but we, we still do have guns. <laughs> and Good electricity. Point. That's, a, that's a great point. And fences. And food. And food. And food. There's a lot of factors that let's go Let's just dial it. it back to reality, first off. If I'm the only one feeding you, Mike Gaddy, and I tell you to get to work, and you don't want to get to work, and I just put a You're fucking... You're going to spank me? <laughs> no, I'd probably, I'd probably cattle project. You oh, cattle project. You, you, you give you prom- me a little shock. Yeah. You promise? <laughs> you promise? <laughs> hey, listen, I never, I never fake. So it's a promise. I never mm. fake about threats of violence. <laughs> <laughs> I started doing that a while back. I don't know where I learned it from, but to throw people off when they threaten me, like, oh, you promise? <laughs> <laughs> I was catching an ass whooping one time and I said, harder, daddy. And the dude literally sprinted away from me. <laughs> I bet if a little more and I could chew, to be honest, you know, like I was acting way tougher than I should have been. This was after one of my deployments and I felt like I was immortal. You know, I, I slipped in between him and his girl at the bar and just started spitting game at her with like my back to him. He did not like it. I bet. And he, was, he was way bigger and way stronger than me. <laughs> he started fucking me up real quick. The only thing that saved my life probably was I was like, "Harder, daddy." You, 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 you won the men, you won the mental game. You won the mental game. Oh, you I, won the mental no, game. No, I, I, I brain fucked him hard. In that he didn't like that. He didn't like that. <laughs> but it saved my life. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do out here. Mm-hmm. So we talked about our different art forms. You know, like, and I guess I should probably just. Just to round it out, I, I'm a I'm a multifaceted artist. Like I do I do a little bit of a little bit of painting, a little bit of charcoal drawing, a lot of pen and ink drawing. But the majority of my arts are really yeah. When kinetic. you when you first moved in here and you you're showing me some of your charcoal stuff, I was actually pretty impressed. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah, but it's like I I'm an ADHD with my art in a way that's so fucking ridiculous. It makes it. Like, if I didn't already build an entire future for myself off of the back of, like, violence in the army and then technical skills and what I do now, like, I basically would be a starving artist, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, I can't focus on any one art form for very long. So for me, it's, like, it's always a matter of, like, what am I doing right now in this moment? It could be exciting, mm-hmm. and I could fully embrace it. Just like this. I bought all this shit so we could all be sitting here talking right now. Yeah. This is me trying to make art. Yeah. And it's only going to stick if the interest sticks. Yeah. If I keep bringing people in here that want to have these conversations and that want to keep getting after it, then it's going to go on. But like blacksmithing. So I, I've done a lot of blacksmithing. I had one well, one point. All of the equipment you need to blacksmith. Forges. Fucking metal stamps or, or hydraulic fucking press machines basically mm-hmm. all of that i did that I did what are those work. things called that they use to pound the metal on um anvil anvil nice i was gonna say my mattress in 2007 <laughs> oh shit <laughs> didn't see that one coming <laughs> Pun intended. It was. It was definitely an intended. Shout out to your Instagram handle too, which relates to this Jeremy of all trades. But it is the thing. Like, I can't settle on any one thing. You know, like, I've got, my finances are in order basically for the rest of my life at this point. But I'm still the kind of guy that like, I'm going to work and I'm going to do a thing. And right now my trade is... HVAC, refrigeration, and all of that. And I, I picked that one because it's very broad and gives me a lot of avenues to go through and, and, and approach. You know, like, the money-making is important, but the most important thing for me is, like, if I had $100 million in my bank account right now, my biggest problem would be I'd have too much money and too much time 
for hookers and blow. Yeah. Yeah, like if you don't if Jeremy was just free financially completely. Endless. Money. I would get in a lot of trouble. Dude. I cannot be fucking I, I need an adult. You know, I need an adult. So this isn't the beginning of the year and this isn't you know, January or anything, but I think for me personally, one of the things that's most helpful to guiding my life is that I always kind of like at least once or twice a year, I look at myself and what I'm doing and I assess where I'm at and then I assess where I want to be. And part of that is like creating goals for like the next six, eight, 10, 12 months. doesn't matter. I do that for me and I do that to keep myself kind of on the rails, you know? So I'm going to offer an open question to both of you, like, let's start with Sadie and then go to Mike. What is your goal for the next 12 months of your life? What are you trying to do? Oh, geez. Um, mostly focusing on my DJ career right now. I want to start producing and getting a setup to kind of, like, do that. Um, and then hopefully really get some good tracks out, um, start booking some bigger shows, that sort of thing. Nice. And I, I'd like to touch back on that after Mike answers this question yeah. because... The, the DJing, we talked about the horse stuff. Yes. Like, yeah. And there's a lot more conversation that could happen in that subject. But to the DJing thing next, okay? Yeah. So just let's put that on this burner. Mike, on the, on the, on the big fat front burner where, you know, that's where everybody works because you got these little side burners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Same question, yeah. my brother. By the way, your sunrise set at the last festival that we were at together to camp out was... Oh, fire. Sweet, thank you. Um, I might have missed that one. No, you were there for half of it. Half of it? Was oh, you might have missed her sunrise set, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I might have missed it. It was yeah. gorgeous. Um, so my next year goal, and I do the same thing, and I've done this since before I've known Jeremy, um, is to acquire... I'm in a really good position as far as like my career, the best position I've had in a while, and yeah. it's really great how everything came to be. Super proud of you, brother. Thank you. Um... I mean, it's also, it has to do with the energy that you put out in the universe and it coming back to you. Like a lot of things I'm flabbergasted with how I ended up where I am today. And mm-hmm. Jeremy is actually a part of that because I wouldn't have the job that I have now if it wasn't for our mutual contacts. Yeah. Um, but my, my next goal, because I have a few payments that I need to pay off, get out of debt, and then have an income property for the next year. That's my goal for the next year. Okay. Well, I like everything that you're saying. And I want you to know that I'm super proud of you as a friend, right? As I like to think of us as like truly brothers, right? Like as a big brother, I, I look at you and I see where you are now and where I was, not just physically or financially, because you couldn't compete with me on that, bitch. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but also emotionally and like interpersonally, Yeah. you know? Like, I look at that, and I'm so fucking proud to be your friend. I'm so proud to call you my best friend. You know, like, I, I have no doubts about your success in the future. I don't want to say that, but your goals that you spoke to me, they're great. And I want you to keep on that. But you need to also have goals that respect your emotional development and your ability to be happier as a person. So I say that only to, to yeah. put a little spark for you. Yeah. To, to continue to think about it after this conversation and, and, and go forward, you know? Yeah, well, that goal uh, correlates with the other goals that I have. Like, I mean, I've always had the goal as a musician, as a, as a drummer, to be able to survive off of my art. Your art, yeah. You know, and that's yeah. everybody's artist yeah. goal. Yeah. Everybody wishes they could do that, right? Doesn't yeah, everybody actually want that? Oh, it'd be so like, great. Like, in the, in, the post, in the post-capitalist environment that we live in right now, you know, and I'm by no means a communist or anything, <laughs> you know, but, like, don't we all just think about, like, how great... If we could just clock in and do what we love yeah. well, and make yeah. 70 grand a year. A right? good, a good like, friend and like mentor. Right now. Right, right, now. right now. Like, just do it. Like, let's yeah. just fucking all do it. A good friend and mentor of mine asked me, I don't know, quite some time ago, I don't know, six or eight years ago, to, he was talking to me about a venture that he was involved in. And, he, and one of the questions that he asked me, which is a great philo- philosophical question, I love questions that open people's minds and get them to think about stuff. And he said, if money and time were of no issue, what would you do with the rest of your life? That's and he, he said, question. he said, stop, like, stop for a second. Like, don't answer me right away. Think, think about, think it. about it. Yeah. If you had unlimited money and unlimited time, 
what would you do with your life? And my response, and everybody who knows me, and if you're listening to this and you know me um, on a closer level, you can probably uh, verify this, that what my response to him was, I would help people. And a lot of people would say, oh, I'd go travel, or I'd do this, and I'd experience that. And my, after thinking about it, my first response was, I would help people. And you guys can probably relate to this. Like, yeah, I've, yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. I've done that for over sure. and over and for the people around me. That's my whole business model. That's everything I've done in my entire life is to get the financial freedom to just walk about free mm-hmm. and then invest in all of my homies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, like if I won the lottery, for example, it would be my daddy. You're going to business school. Hey. You're going to business <laughs> school. I'm going to pay for everything. And we're going to start a business together with my financial backing and your passion to drive it. And I'm going to give you a deal that's so favorable to you that you have no choice but to succeed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's still, among the people we know, if you gave that offer to them, some of them would fall flat on their fucking face and fuck everything up and blow up their lives. But the right people are going to respond to that energy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're all just waiting. We're all just waiting for someone to step up beside us and give us the support that we need to go to the next level, whatever yep. it is. So that's a great point that you bring up. Sadie, money's not an issue. Time's not an issue. What are you doing? I mean, I'd love to give an answer as selfless as Mike did, but I'd, I'd really get like a good kickstart on my music career. Like, okay. like I, I mean, that, that was the first thing that comes to mind for me. Yeah. So part of this podcast origins is we had a plan to create a thing that we're going to call two audio files and an idiot. That's a good Unfortunately, segue. one of the people that was involved with the concept of that project is uh, no longer in our circle of trust. So that, that doesn't mean that it can't still, we're going to still do segments that are like yeah. about music. Right? Yeah. I mean, regardless of so, what it, what it evolves into, that was the original idea that brought the, this, that's, that's about, what all this equipment, which is beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. This is, everything is sitting on this table is for that. So that being said, I'd like to have you back another time and I'd like you to put some music together, build mm-hmm. your shit and then put it on Spotify. And if you do that because of the anchor uh, podcast thing that we're doing, we can freely play any music that's on Spotify in a podcast. Okay. So that being said, I'm not sure this podcast is going to mean anything, but I am quite sure that all of our friends are going to love this shit. Oh, this yeah, absolutely. Because what we all do already. So we should all be looking to support each other on our ventures and our fucking efforts. Yeah, whatever art that is. Yeah, you know. And I really do appreciate that I have you both here tonight sitting in my apartment. You know, we got a beautiful view of the city. Mm -hmm. Like everything is good right now, but it could be better if we all fucking start to build each other and keep each other accountable. That's the biggest thing. I'll chime in on the audio file thing. The whole thing that brought this podcast about was I've told you guys just in this episode, (laughs) it's weird saying that, but, um, you know, I'm a drummer. I consider that, I consider that my first art. Boy, and, bangs. <laughs> and when Jeremy and I started becoming friends, you know, he's someone who, and there's probably people out there like him too that are like, they don't give a shit about music. They don't care about timing or uh, beautiful sounds and this and that. He does, it's this or that, it doesn't matter to him. But for me, I'm like, man, I love a good hi hat. I love a good hi hat. I love a, a good um, harmony or a good, um, you know, just a bunch of specific little things about music and, and any other music artists out there will, will con- agree to this. Like, we're passionate about it. And Jeremy, like, may, might put a hardcore uh, Rage Against the Machine or System of a Down song in his headphones as he's going out invading and busting doors down and shit, maybe. And then maybe that's as, as close as he can relate to music. But he saw the passion that I have for music and all these little things about it. And he's like, yeah, it doesn't do anything for me. So, so, but one of the things I love about Jeremy is he'll dig into and try to understand people's perspectives and why they are the way they are and why they feel the way they do about certain things. So what his idea was to create a podcast or some sort of platform where he could have a couple people on that are artists or musicians in, or in the music industry in some way to discuss our ideas and happenings and experiences that way he could sort of relate to it and maybe gain a better understanding as a form of education for me yeah. you know because i see so many of my friends that got so much love for music and it's just like to me i might be slightly broken 
because of my childhood. I might be a, a moderate psychopath or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? But music doesn't really reach me that much. But when I see Mike and the other people that I love and care about, when I see their connection to music, it almost makes me jealous. It makes and me it made be... it made me sad to hear him say that. Like, yeah, music doesn't do anything for me. I don't have like a favorite band or artist or whatever. And I'm like, I don't even think about what? it. Like, yeah. if what? I'm alone what? by myself, I'm listening what? to podcasts. If I'm alone by myself, I'm listening to talk radio. You know, because for me, it's all about the conversation. This is my music. What we're doing right now, this is my music. It means as much to me as music does to you. So. Here, I have already brought you into my world. I'm, I'm giving you the same gift that I was seeking when I suggested that idea to do a music-related podcast. Because mm -hmm. if you and another artist or two are sitting in front of me and you guys play a track to me, and I say, okay, like I could feel the, I could feel the rhythm or the melody because I dance, you know, like yeah. I dance, I, I, I can sing even. It's ridiculous. I have a great voice, you mm -hmm. know. But I don't give a fuck about the music yeah. overall. It's like you when have a, you, you have an understanding, you, but you're not as you don't have the passion. technically. Technically, I understand. Yeah, you know what I mean. But emotionally, I don't have that same connection. But for me to learn more about what my friends and the people in my circle that I love and care about, what what brings them joy, what brings them happiness, for me to connect with that is better than anything else to me. So if I can learn about music from the people I care about and people I find interesting and they can share what they love with me and then I can just pick it apart. Ask them, like, mm -hmm. what is it that you love about this buildup? What is it that you love about this drop? What is it that makes you feel something? Bass. 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 I would love to have it. I'm going to shout out my friend Dan Vallier, um, a guy that I was in, not my first band with, but we toured together. And me and him connect on a very uh, deep level with music. Um, very smart guy. It'd be great to have him on to talk sure. and share with you. And, and because I wanted to keep this podcast like really general so we could do whatever, the, the two audio files and an idiot idea was great. I love it. But I don't want it the, co the conversation to always be that. Yeah. I want the conversation to free flow with a lot of different shit. So like I was saying before, we can make segments. And you could have you could have episode fourteen could be segment two of that. You yeah, know what I mean, like you, so we could have different segments that we do. And I like that, and it keeps and it interesting and new. Um, and, and, and people don't know what they're gonna get. Yeah, especially if we can get to the point where we're knocking out one of them. Yeah, they might get moob. Yeah, they might get moob. <laughs> they, they came here. <laughs> they they came here for some music intel, and they got moob. Moob's the dude. He's got half a heart on. Moob's the dude, and he has a thickum. If you he's look at the proportions of his body, it's he's like got a same, pretty solid cock. Yeah, it's the same thickness as his arms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Holy that's a good, shit. That's a good observation. I never put that together. God damn it, Moob, you're packing. <laughs> he. He. Arms. arms. Like, like if my dick, if my dick was as thick as my arm, it would actually be a problem. If your dick was proportionate like to moobs. <laughs> Yeah, if you guys' dicks were as thick as your arms, you'd be real, we'd Holy have a real shit. issue. Yeah, everybody would hate that, actually. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, like, I mean, that might not be that great. Because I got, I got like a nine-inch bicep thickness, you know? Like, I mean, thickness. Like my thickness. wrist might be doable, but my bicep no, would that's not, not good. No, 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 nobody wants a dick like that. That's still dude. too big? All right, cool. I feel better about myself. Yeah. <laughs> we're all doing okay out here, bro. I think, I think I'll be all right. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to highlight it too hard because Sandy got the snorts. I heard it, I heard it <laughs> earlier. Got the snorts. No, homie, no offense, but that's hilarious. <laughs> no, I know it is. I laugh at it too. <laughs> but that's good though because you know it's authentic then. Because like nobody snorts for fun. No, no, <laughs> no. Who, who does that? Except for cocaine users <laughs> and ketamine users. No. Nope. And Molly nope. users. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> My daddy actually Those hates ketamine years. more than anybody. Oh, I don't know. I detest hating ketamine more. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess we're going to have to do a ketamine conversation. Well, she is an unhinged horse girl. <laughs> unhinged <So>. horse girl. <laughs> unhinged. Just that might be the name of this episode. <laughs> unhinged horse girl. Hey, that would be a good one, actually. Just I slightly. I mean, like, I'm slightly unhinged. But, our, our, but that's, the thing. that's the thing about life is, like, so many people are so judgmental. And they're so quick to like categorize people or like write them off or whatever it is, form an opinion without the data behind it. Aren't we all an unhinged something? 
pretty much. Aren't we all unhinged in some way about something? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we are all unhinged. And for me, it's like, I get to be this fucking Jesus figure on the fact that normal human shit doesn't even bother me. Normie shit. It doesn't even bother me. Your normie shit is not that serious. Fucking damn. I'm not that concerned. That could be a t-shirt. What? Your normie shit is not that serious. Yeah, your normie shit isn't that serious. For me, it's like this. My threshold for a bad day requires a couple of dead friends. Way higher <laughs> like, than the threshold from like, your average normie. Once I, <laughs> once I clean the first two or three of my homies' brains out of a Humvee or a fucking, fucking Portageon or their fucking chew because they committed suicide on live video cam in front of their wife that was cheating on them. Like, once you do that a couple times... Someone pissing you off in traffic is really a low margin. Not that bad. Like it doesn't mean shit, you know. And I don't wish I don't wish this perspective on anybody, but I also do get a little bit impatient when people are like, "Oh, <laughs> the grocery <laughs> store took too long." <laughs> My boss pissed me off. Yeah. Like yeah, well I mean, did he I had shoot to drive at you an though? hour in <laughs> traffic. <laughs> yeah, were you getting shot at? I had to drive an hour, and there was lots of cars, and I was stopped. It was gridlocked. But was anybody shooting at you? <laughs> Probably not. Most Probably, of the time. Most Probably not. Probably not. Most of the time. Yeah. And if they are, if they are, and you're not shooting back, then fuck you, pussy. Yeah, bitch ass. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Do something about it. Yeah. Don't fucking just Fire let back, it happen. Don't just let it happen. Cunt. Do something about your shit. Did your mama really raise a pussy? Pop, pop, back. Pussy, 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 pussy. And you know, I, I even hate, I even hate that we say that as a culture. You're like pussy, 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 because like. If you call someone a dick, let me hit you in the dick and kick Sadie in the pussy. You're going to be way more hurt. <laughs> Pussies are strong, dude. Pussies are strong. They They're take, pretty strong. They take pounds <laughs> all the time. Yeah, I was just going to say, Your yeah, it's like, it's like an oxymoron, bitch. right? Yeah. Like calling somebody a pussy because they're weak is like, whoa, wait a second. Pussies wait, have wait, babies. Wait. Pussies push <laughs> babies out. Bro, if I shit a coffee can... I would never be the same. If I, I never, shit a coffee can, yeah. I wouldn't have a good day either. But yeah, I'd never be the same. But women be squeezing out baby heads, coffee can size, like all the fucking time. You see those videos of dudes that like, or or chicks that put like mason jars in their ass and they break. It's like a oh my god, they fucking break I, and I, they go to hospital. I like one dude, one jar. Yeah, yeah those I videos. I haven't seen the video, but. I've made a couple of them. <laughs> yeah, you're not a pussy. And you're not a pussy, holes. right? <laughs> I'm not surprised. Checks out. At, at one point, they called me Jar Hole Jeremy. Nothing, Jar- nothing Jeremy surprised. Nothing Jeremy says surprises me anymore. Honestly. <laughs> jar Hole Jeremy. Not a jar. Oh, he went from jar head to jar hole. First off, I wasn't a jar head because I'm not a marine. Oh, is that is that marines? I thought that was army. Yeah, yeah. Just let's thought, make it clear. I was okay. My bad. Let's Sorry. make it clear. No, I'm not mad at you. I'm just clarifying. Which ones eat crowns? The marines. Okay. Yeah. The marine. Corps. I think our next guest is gonna have to be Aaron. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> say Aaron's yeah, favorite yeah. flavor of crown is red. Red. Yeah, I asked him the How first time. How did I know I that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. How, how many minutes are we in here? Because I'm going to have to tell This is an hour. Uh, no way. Like two more, a minute and a half is an hour. So what I think we should do so is we I, should, think we should, I think we should close it down. Mike Daddy, do you have anything you want to put out before we close it down? Um, no, I can't think of anything. This went really well. and I'm glad we were able to get some of our ideas out and express things and have documentation for people and loved ones in the future and yeah. just something to do other than just drink and party for no reason. All right, Sadie, do you have any pet projects, something you want to talk about, or any dates, anything that you're doing with your music career that you want to put out? Because right now we don't have an audience for yeah. sure because we're starting it, but eventually this is going to be a thing. We literally have zero mind, subscribers you know? right now. Yeah. I, hey, I got subscribed, so um, shit. <laughs> you didn't shit. subscribe yet? Shit. I got shit. It's okay. It's right. Wow, bitch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the disrespect. Sorry. You listened, to, you listened to the whole first trial run. Yeah. I did. I didn't have a chance yet. You that's, guys were brushing me to shower. That's duly whatever, notable to hit know. subscribe on the shit you love. I okay, guess. okay. I no, no, damn. Show your homies some love, you fucking cunt. <laughs> that's, that's her outro. <laughs> I guess, yeah, pretty much. It's got to be. Um, I don't know. I'll just say thank you for having me on, you guys. It's what's fun talk. Nice. 
Thank you for being Thanks here. Thanks for being like, here. We really appreciate it. And one thing I want to say is, with all my friends in this space, the, the amount of times we talked about doing something like this. Oh, dude, I've had I'm just, so many I'm just glad. I'm just glad to finally do it. But also, I, t I put it as an open challenge to everyone out there. Yep. We're talking about this shit. Be about it. If you're not doing it, you're a fucking bitch. Oh, Talk about it is stupid. Be about it is real. Thank you. Signing off. Good night. Jared Lago. Tonight. I love you all. Jared Lago. Be safe. <laughs> Be well.